Hey everybody, this is Rachel from Grayscale Gorilla, and welcome to another Grayscale Gorilla podcast. Today's episode is from a super fun live show with a very special guest, Nick Denboer, aka Smearballs. Nick and Chad chat with him about his process, how he uses Signal, and they talk a little bit about his virtual gallery space. If you want to see more about the gallery space, head on over to YouTube and check out the video of the live stream. Hey, Cinema 4D artists, if you're not a Plus member and are feeling left out, check out Grayscale Gorilla Plus, where you will get access to our huge library of materials, lighting tools, animation plugins, and all sorts of other goodies. You can sign up for $49 a month, or you can get 10% off a full year of Plus using the code GSG Podcast at checkout. Join the thousands of Cinema 4D artists around the world who use Plus to help create beautiful work in less time. And now, without further ado, let's start today's podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another Grayscale Gorilla live show. Today, I'm really excited. Uh, today, as always, we have our, uh, our uh, what, do you, what do you call it, uh, uh, co-host. Let's call you a co-host, Chad. Chad Ashley, everybody. How you been, bud? Good. How are you, man? Good, feeling good. We're going to talk about your new background here in just a second, but I wanted to introduce our first guest here on the live shows. It is Nick Denbauer, also known as Smearballs. Nick, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, How you been? Thanks for having me. Honored to be the first guest on the show. Dude, I'm so excited to have you. Um, uh, Chad, uh, you guys were just talking. We first met in um, at Half Res, right? A few years ago? Yeah, I think uh, Nick was a speaker. Was it? It must have been two years now, right? Nick, I got It's going to be weird for me. There's two Nicks. I'm going to have to call. I'm just. <laughs> I might just end up calling you Smearballs. Sure. But yeah, so Nick did uh, spoke at Half Res, and we. I think we we saw each other in the lobby or something, and we we shared a meal and and kind of hit it off and became friends. Yeah, that was a good show. It's like uh, out of all the speaking shows I've ever done. It was the best kind of crowd because everyone's kind of hammered by the time I, I got on stage. So definitely yep. have some good memories of half res. Well, thank you for joining again this year. Yeah, man. Uh, we're so excited to have you. And uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us on the live show. We see you out there. We're going to pull up the chat here in just a second. Uh, let us know where you're from. Actually, let's. Uh, this is one of my favorite parts, just seeing where everybody's coming in from here. I'm going to throw up the chat. Let us know where you're uh, watching in from today. And um, get ready. It's going to be a crazy episode. We're going to, of course, answer your questions. We'll be talking uh, about Signal. In fact, we just released the latest version of Signal, Signal 3.0. And uh, Nick here was uh, helpful in helping create a new part of Signal that we, uh, that we call the Looper uh, uh, tab. So Nick's going to be showing you that. We're going to jump into Cinema 4D. He's going to show you how he uses Signal and some of his crazy animations. If you have not seen Smearball's uh, animation, do yourself a favor and just go, you know, pull up a Chrome browser and uh, go check it out. Nick, where's the best place for people to go to get a little taste of uh, Nick's uh, animation, let's call it uh, style? Smearballs.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's got links to all my social media channels. Instagram probably has the most recent uh, work. So check it out there. That was awesome. Uh, and then stick around later. Uh, we're going to have Nick uh, show us a project where he used Signal uh, in a really fun way as well. He's going to dig in and show you a few Signal tips as well. So if you're a Plus member and you have Signal, you have the latest version, um, you know, Nick's going to show you some tips and, and we're going to learn something too, see how he uses it. So, uh, all right, let's see here. 
<laughs> How is it Nick looks so normal? I'm guessing that's for you, Nick. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't model my characters after my own face, unfortunately. You mean that that uh, uh, character <laughs> animation? You you uh, posted something recently. It was like a, 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 a motion capture suit. Yeah, I you got playing around with that kind of stuff. Hanging over there. Yeah, I got one of those Rococo suits. It's amazing. I'm pretty excited about that because I really felt like I was exhausting the, you know, Mixamo libraries. And I've got some iClone libraries as well. And I'm just kind of like, eh, you know. So are you like putting that suit on by yourself in your house, like answering the door and the suit and like neighbors <laughs> looking at you? Honestly, like I've I've gained a bit of weight over the summer drinking beer. So I've got this beer gut and it's like the thing <laughs> I bought. I got a large, but it's still kind of it's hard squeeze. You know? so I don't want to post any pictures of myself wearing this thing right now until I lose some weight. But, that's, <laughs> but, but oh it works amazingly. I just, you know, yes, it is very silly to be standing here dancing around like a lunatic wearing that thing it's all spandex but uh, <laughs> but the oh results are incredible like it's super smooth animation the software comes with all these filters that like clean up you know drift and 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 errors with the you know suit which are very few but like it's pretty incredible software and pretty amazing hardware i'm pretty happy with it but i've only just begun kind of using it so are you gonna That's use great. it as a halloween costume you know, like you, you don't have to I'm do it. I'm just anything. going out in Halloween in the metaverse, so uh, I can be whatever I want. Right. You know? There you go. You can, yeah, you could go to door to door in that suit and tell people that online you're, you know, I'm in the giraffe. Yeah. yeah. No need for real candy. Someone's giving it to me. <laughs> I'm just doing this for the tactile input right now. Not so that a 42-year-old man should go asking anyone for candy, but, you know. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> There's only one way to get the legit motion capture, and that's to go do it. You know, you got to yeah. you gotta wear it and get the – if you just wear it all day, you'll get all the, all the um, data you need, you know. <laughs> so from now on, are we going to see every action on your animations is going to be you, you think? Maybe. I mean, I, I'm not that talented of a dancer to be – honest you know and uh, i can't do too much uh, in the acrobatic realm so maybe i'll want to get some specialists in to do some moves here and there but if it's just uh you know run of the mill picking your nose that's that's my territory for oh, sure dude. if you need help as long as i'm in range of the wi-fi i could go outside and you know go downstairs and like oh. do all kinds of cool stuff like that so i'm excited wow. to test the range a bit You'll pick up the mail and like get the mail <laughs> The male action totally well uh you know uh first of all i wanted to say hi to everybody that that uh said where they're from we oh as always we got an incredible uh group of people from all over the place mexico france norway uh and as always rachel's in the chat uh, uh hooking us up with links uh she already linked up nick's uh website there so definitely go check that out oh and special hi, guest rachel's actually in the studio hi rachel everybody say hi rachel that's uh Rachel, who is always on top of uh, hooking everybody up with links and and watching our uh, show and making sure you guys get everything you need, so uh, she'll she'll see all of your um, all of your highs. So that'd be awesome. I also wanted to say, uh, get your questions ready. If you have questions for uh, for Nick and his work, uh, of course, anything Grayscale Gorilla, we're always here to answer your questions. And uh, Nick, maybe we can start. Uh, I had a question, which was, how did Give me the give me the rundown of how you got into all of this stuff and how you how you ended up doing the the type of animation that you do. I think it's so unique and it's so uh, it's so uh, uh, 
unique to you that I want to hear the story as, as you would tell it from, you know, <laughs> getting into all this stuff and, and becoming smear balls. Yeah. Well, I guess I never really set out to, you know, do this. I didn't go to school for this. I dropped out of art school in like 99 and just started doing construction. And I did that for like 10 years, but always in my spare time, I just kind of messed around doing a lot of video remix stuff, like taking infomercials and messing around with them. And then YouTube came around and I was started doing really crude motion tracking and slapping different party hats on people's heads and stuff like that. And uh, just kind of like, you know, naturally happened. I was like renovating houses and tearing buildings down and whatnot. And then on the weekend or whenever I had free time, I'd be just throwing stuff up on YouTube. And eventually I started getting jobs. I remember the first like big commercial job I got was from Ken Block, who's like a crazy race car driver. He was one of the founders of DC Shoes and did the, those Jim Connor videos where he's like driving sideways through buildings. And so he asked me to remix uh, his... Uh, Gymkhana 2 video and so you know added all these pterodactyls and all kinds of things attacking his car and it became like an official DC shoes spot on their YouTube channel so that kind of like started this career into doing weird advertising and stuff like that and later on that led to me getting a job because I did a lot of you know video manipulation and some political st satire stuff and uh, it landed me a job on Conan O'Brien where I became a bit creator for a bunch of years and just that's, that's kind of awesome. where I really kind of learned. That's when I started into Cinema 4D and I was checking out you, your videos and learning uh, cinema through YouTube, Grayscale Gorilla tutorials. <laughs> and uh, so it's cool we come full circle here. But uh, but yeah, so in, I think in Conan was where I really started implementing more 3D stuff here and there, doing some tracking and 3D elements tracked onto video. And uh, yeah, and then from there, I just kind of spun out to more, you know, short films and commercial work and it's always been i've always just kind of put weird stuff on my youtube for fun and that just attracted the clients i i never really someone asked me recently like can you send me a, a more you know corporate friendly uh reel and i'm just like i don't have one I've you never, know who you are, are calling you're like you got the wrong guy here just like, you know what if i have to do that i probably don't want the job you know what i mean so it's kind of like i've just kind of stuck with that and it's worked out for me that's awesome dude yeah i was i was uh wondering if anybody contacted you to ask you to like you know spin a logo around so it sounds like you you built your own reel just to do to be like yeah i i do this stuff that's yeah. great that's amazing uh, that's awesome uh we got some uh uh chat here we got uh hey naked chat good to see you back thank you so much uh it is a full circle story i always love hearing you know artists that i um you know see that do great work that that watch Grace Skull Gorilla stuff. I always get a kick out of that. So thank you, Nick, for sharing that too. Oh, That's totally. always fun. And that um, goes back to like 2008 or something or 2007, whenever, I mean, you, when did you guys start? So let's see, our first Cinema 4D tutorial would have been around that time, 2008, yeah. 2009. And then uh, the company officially started in 2009. So cool. uh, almost 12 years now. I've been with you guys since the, since the start. Aw, Nick, <laughs> thanks, buddy. But it's really nice. cool, actually, because I, I think about a year ago, or I don't even know when it was, Chad, I remember sending you that, like, wish list of what Signal could do. And it's mm -hmm. just cool that you guys listened and, and kind of incorporated this looper thing into the software. It's so cool. I mean, Otoy's kind of like that tool. I remember Jules asked me, like, what are, what, how can we improve this? You know, and or what, what, what are your top wishes for the software? And he started yeah. implementing some of my suggestions. So it's so awesome to actually get turnaround on feedback on software, you know, when you get to kind of help build the tools. It's pretty amazing. 
Yeah. Well, I, mean, I maybe when go ahead, go ahead, Chad. When I think when when you have uh, uh, artists that really understand the tool and they are willing to put in the time like you did to help us shape this update. It's just phenomenal. Like we, we love that. We encourage more people that really have strong ideas uh, around our products to get in touch and tell us why you think it should do something. And if there's a good case for it, we seriously sit down and look at it and like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do it. So it's very much like uh, an organic process. And yeah, I've, I've had a similar experience with other software companies too. So I always appreciate that as well. When I can give feedback and I see it implemented, I know they're listening and I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Chad, that's something you've said too in a lot of shows. It's like, and and that's true. Like, so the the good software companies like this kind of feedback. They like to hear what how how artists really use their stuff and how it could be better. So, you know, that was perfect. Like watching how you use Signal, Nick, and then hearing how it might be better. How like it's su it's such a helpful part of that process. Um, and may maybe it's a good time to talk a little bit about that. Um maybe how signal uh, was a part of your process and kind of some of the limitations that you bumped into that, that helped uh, kind of spark the, the new uh, looper tool. Yeah. Well, I found like I, I went through my character animation. I put signal tags sometimes on every single joint in a character. So it's all driven <laughs> by signal and it's like, you know, it's kind of crazy, but I just hate keyframes, I guess. And it's just like, and I really, f I find it useful because you're, you're messing with all the offsets and like a, an arm might be moving and you can just slowly change it instead of like opening up your keyframe editor and sliding and selecting. And, you know, when you have thousands of keyframes, things can get boggy and I don't know, it's just like so much easier to work that way. But I was finding sometimes I would put three or sometimes six signal tags on one joint because each one I would want different timings. And if mm. even if you have all three parameters, the X, Y, Z on, on one signal tag, sometimes I want to break that up and have uh, the X loop in one frequency and the Y loop in another frequency. So I'd have to do multiple tags. And what Looper solves is that's all in one tag now where you can set the looping frequencies individually on each axis and the offsets on each axis, which was also missing. So having all the all those in one tag is a huge time saver and it just makes your project less confusing. Like I'm sitting there with like five signal tags. I have to name them all to know which one is which. And it's like, it was a huge pain in the butt. And I would open a project from three months ago and be like, what is going on here? Like, <laughs> to, like dissect, you know, cause it's not like yeah. you can't really visually see the keyframes when they're all going there. It's just, you know, buried in these tags. So yeah, it's super helpful. And it just made everything cleaner. That's awesome, dude. Love it. Love it. Yeah, we love we love that. Um, and uh, if you're just joining us, uh, Nick's gonna open up a project where he used the new uh, Looper tag, and um, show you how uh, kind of why why it's so powerful now. And uh, you know, at first you, when when you showed it, because you sent over a video, you're like, wouldn't it be great if Signal did this? And uh, at first, I'm like, well, what's well, what's the use case for this? And you immediately had the, the exact thing. I'm like, oh, I see. <laughs> You, it's not just X, Y, and Z all in one tag. You want to separate it out, but without having three tags and the whole thing. So that was super helpful. And mm -hmm. Signal is all about looping and you know seamless loops. And you know maybe this is a question, or maybe this will be better answered once we're diving into Cinema 4D here in a minute. But you mentioned something about offsetting and kind of creating loops. What I've noticed about a lot of your work is you you create a lot of seamless loops that don't have the typical looping to it. And in, in other words, you, it's 
kind of hard to find the loop point sometimes with mm-hmm. the amount of overlaps and overlays and everything you do. Do you have a do you have a, a tip or, a, or something for the audience that kind of um, helps get to a more complex scene that mm-hmm. still has that that looping uh, feel to it? Yeah, it's all about the the noise. Uh, what do you call it? Modifier in signal. So like I'll have some kind of rigid loop going, something moving, and then adding that noise parameter where like let's say everything loops at 16 frames and you've got 300 and 60 frames or something and it's uh you know looping very rigidly you can take the noise uh modifier and like stretch it out so it loops every 180 frames or something like that and uh and just add some like slight variation to everything so it's you know kind of moving in a seemingly random way so yeah you can get some right. kind of natural uh sort of a natural looking movements out of something where you get that variation from the noise that's yeah awesome. that's uh that does remind me too um because I don't think we had signal out. I think we did a tease last live show, but it, I don't think it's, we've really talked about it since it's been out. Um, for anybody that's a plus minor, that, that if you download Signal 3.0, um, it also we just added new noise types to the noise modifier. So oh, wow. it's I didn't even notice. A, that. Oh my gosh, <gasps> Nick! Call yourself a beta tester. What? I'm gonna show. I'm gonna tell you something here. So in the in the looping noise modifier, which is just called the, uh, I think it's just called the noise modifier. Um, you can use it on anything. Oh, nice. Yeah, I see you, you, Yeah, you used to, uh, we, we, you, looping noise was always a part of signal, but you, you weren't able to uh, pick what uh, noise type it was. So you're kind of built in with the default noise, which was pretty flexible, uh, and you could always adjust the loop point you could always adjust the the contrast we had a bias slider that we actually added contrast to that slider just to make it more clear it essentially makes that noise uh, a little bit more black and white so it affects it more and right below it now in signal 3.0 is a um uh where uh, uh, where you could pick your noise type so all of the cinema 4d noises are right there you can choose them and they're all loopable and they're all ready to go so there you go, Nick. Let us know what yeah. you what you find with that stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. So if you use like the the cell noise and you crank up the the bias to get like a really contrasty, you can get like flicker, like on off flicker oh, or stop motion flicker. Uh, that's cool. Look forward. To um, Maybe I'll use it today, right now. Oh. oh. <laughs> awesome. We're gonna jump into Cinema 4D, guys. Uh, so get your Cinema 4D questions ready. Uh, Nick's going to jump in and show you how he uses Signal on um, uh, a project uh, directly. Show you the new looping modifier, and it sounds like you got to play with the new uh, noise stuff too. Yeah. Um, cool. Awesome. Yeah. There's the whole that was like the 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 genesis of a building Signal was was getting this looping noise going on. Oh, Scott, yeah, what's just, up? Uh, oh, sorry. Somebody just commented on the uh, fields and Signal feature too. I'll go through that as well, which is huge, and I haven't even like scratch the surface yet just being able to control signal with noise is like super powerful so i'll do a little bit of that too yeah that's one of those that you know, the the uh the possibilities of using fields with signals uh with signal tags was just so incredible to see it and we don't even know what's going to happen like the power of fields can now drive any parameter using a signal tag and we're just excited for artists like you to kind of dive in and see what's even possible right there. Um, 
So, oh, and Rachel, thank you for uh, mentioning the other, uh, the, maybe the uh, next biggest feature of Signal is the new preset curves. So we have some ease curves on the, uh, the default mode. So um, these are curves I've used all the time, uh, just basic ease in and out curves all the way to bouncing uh, curves and elastic thing, uh, elastic animations. These are all built into Signal now, so you don't have to build your, your curve from scratch. Um, we do have a question here. Can I animate a character rig with Signal? Wow, motion, you're going to love this demo. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's I got a, a little. That's a good segue, dude. That's that's a good segue. Why don't we jump in in the next uh, like five five to six minutes here? Um, let's get a few questions ready. If anybody has any questions about Signal, um, let's get them on the screen now because we're gonna uh, move the chat to uh, make this full screen because you don't want to miss a, a pixel of this demo. Uh, but if you guys have any questions now for uh, for Nick or for us. Um, we'll write them down here, and then um, maybe we'll explore them with Cinema 4D open so we can dive into it. So character, that's a no-brainer. I'm going to add the uh, noise types and uh, anything else. Um, let us know in the comments here. And, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, somebody, you're supposed to be somewhere, and now you're stuck on a live stream. Sorry. Uh, can about we BPM, get BPM here? I do use it sometimes with BPMs because I do a lot of music videos and stuff like that. But I actually you end up most of the time figuring out what my you know BPM is for the song I'm using, and I, I'll use a frame rate calculator to figure out what my actual frame loops are, whether it's 16 frames or 18 frames. And then I just use the mostly the regular modifiers just to have more you know room to mess around and use all the different ones rather than just the BPM one. So. I sometimes use BPM, so I usually find out like if all my loops are 16 frames or 18 frames, I just go with that. The, the tough thing is, and I'm not sure if Signal, if you guys have fixed this, but I noticed doing a 0.5 frame would round up back in the day. Has that been changed, or can you do like a loop on a 14.5 frames in Signal now? Yeah, we we actually I brought that up I think when we initially talked, and uh, Kent, our awesome developer, he had some. He had some reason or something he wanted. He he, there was something about that. I don't remember what it is, but I'll find out and get back to you. Cool, cool. Because that is sometimes things I run into when I have a weird uh, BPM and I want to, you know, things get out of sync once you start. I think it was something it. about like he may have even said that cinema can't do subframe. I don't know if that's true. Uh -huh. I might I might be getting it wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'll so find just out. Double your project frame rate, and you got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let, that'll, let's. That'll be fun. Let's dive into that a little bit before we go uh, kind of full screen here, Nick, because I think a, a lot of people are um, interested in that um, type of looping, you know, mm -hmm. like animating to a song and really getting things on the beat. And so you mentioned, you know, frame rate calculator, you mentioned subframes and all that stuff. Can you kind of quickly run through how you think about animating to the beat there, just kind of break down your process and... Yeah. Um, just for those of for, for those uh you know members out there that are just getting into this type of looping. Well, I think when I first started using Cinema 4D, just having that disconnect from the music because I was so used to doing musical remix stuff and in, in After Effects and Cinema or and Premiere and whatnot, just like bouncing between music software and video software, 
And so that was a really strong link for me. So then going into Cinema 4D, I'd always kind of like feel like I was riding blind a little bit because, you know, audio is not the greatest integration in Cinema 4D other than some plugins and stuff. But I like to just, you know, once I have something rolling on my uh, uh, tempo, like if I know I'm doing 16 frame loops or whatever, I just start animating, do what feels right. And I'm constantly busting out preview renders and dumping it into my music software and sometimes i'm it's i'm so fluid with all my projects sometimes i'm still in like preview render mode in cinema and then bouncing into after effects bouncing into premiere and bouncing into cubase where i do my music and i'm just kind of all over the place until the whole project comes together i do things kind of simultaneously and that's comes from my video remix background where it'd be like I make a beat and then I bounce it into Premiere and I do an edit and then I got a cool, you know, audio samples from the video going and then I bounce that into After Effects and do, start doing some animation. Then I have a new idea for an edit and then I, and now Cinema 4D's kind of been jumped into that situation mm. where it's, it's just kind of thrown in the blender and I'm just bouncing between everything at the same time. But really, you know, as long as my, my tempo is the same throughout my piece, I just figure out my loop points and I'm doing everything on, you know, 1632. 48 like loops just kind of like make sure everything lands on those hits and start messing with the edit and see what works i don't know i'm pretty experimental with it to tell you the truth <laughs> do, do you ever and, like collaborate with anybody or is it all just you doing all this stuff um like most of my personal work i do all the music and stuff like that but i have a, a few buddies that i do some stuff with and obviously like big collaborations like uh stuff i've done with dead mouse and flying lotus and stuff like that we've worked with some big artists uh in the music world but um, for my day to day, but you're editing like, your own stuff, though, right? Yeah, yeah. For like all my, you know, Instagram stuff and whatnot, I do all the music and sound design and the the video wow. start to finish. Yeah. Dang, dude. That's the fun part. Every I get hit up by a lot of people on Instagram being like, "Yo, I want to make music for your stuff," and I'm like, "That's the fun part." After I've done like tons of grueling <laughs> animation, and I do that part. Music. That's the fun part. But yeah. Are you uh um? Ableton or Logic? What's your? What's uh, I your... use Cubase actually. Oh, classic! Yeah, classic. I've just been using it for so way long. Back. I tried Ableton and I'm just like, eh, eh. I'm used to my old, you know, Cubase, so I stuck with it. I love it. Yeah, it's not no Cakewalk for you. Go <laughs> you way, know what? Go I all the way back, way back in the day with Cakewalk. Like, so <laughs> I don't even remember what year that was, but yeah. This shit is so oh, over my head right now. Oh yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Well, Pro Tools was the reason I bought my first Mac. It was like the ability to use Pro Tools and record eight, you know, eight, basically a, a drum kit was what got me into all this stuff to begin with. So I love, I love all that stuff. I'm so glad to hear you do all your own music and sound. And that's just great. Well, I figure uh, with the rest of the time we have here, we can do kind of a, how we end most shows. We do a little lightning round, the last little Q&A. Um, so if anybody has any questions for Nick, his work, uh, it obviously anything grayscale grill anything we can answer that's what we're here to do um, if you're new to the live stream we do these uh, every other Thursday uh, at three o'clock central so put it in your calendar uh, we're gonna be experimenting with uh, other guests and different formats this year for this season I, I guess we should call it so definitely put it in your calendar and um, if you're on the grayscale gorilla newsletter too we sent out an email uh, either the day of or the day before, just to let you know what's going on and, and who's coming up. So don't forget to do that. Uh, also, uh, if you are watching on YouTube, you're watching a recording, you're watching it live, the uh, bell notification thing will let you know when we go live. So that's why, you know, if you do the notification thing, it'll yell at you when we're live. And then that way you'll, uh, you know, if you're here late, you didn't want to be late, hit the notification, you'll get uh, notified. That's what that does. 
Uh, let me pull up the chat. And um, here we go. Thank you guys for the great questions. Uh, if anybody has any last minute questions, they did uh, mention what renderer you were using. I think it got answered in the chat, but uh, yeah, I'm an they, octane only kind of guy. I know Chad has some back and forth on the render engines on Twitter, but yeah, I just thought know. Octane does everything I needed to do. I don't even desire using another one to tell you the truth. And I'm like fully invested in Octane, so You're I have a creature of habit. Well, it's also I have five machines with nodes on each here. I've got a giant render farm, and I mean, like to set that up with tons of renderers and do you know pay for whatever you need to get a scale running on all kinds of renderers. I mean, I've used Arnold for a project once; it was cool, but I mean, I don't know. I just love Octane. I love all the extra stuff it comes with too, and the you know crazy Vectron stuff, and it comes with Ember Gen and World Creator. I don't know. I'm, I'm loving the Octane package these days. I feel like Vectron, you need to say that with the same like energy. You gotta use Vectron in the drop zone, bro. You guys gotta make drop zone t-shirts that have like a crazy <laughs> font with a lightning bolt or something. Yo, time to take this to the drop zone. <laughs> that, that Sounds like zone. something new at Six Flags, Jen. <laughs> Dude, that's a ride right there. Get on board the drop zone. Uh, that's great. All right, get your questions in, and if you have a question too, it helps us find it in the chat. If you put a Q in front of it, and uh, we'll do a little lightning round. Any questions you guys have? We did have a question about a promotion or promo code. We don't have any promotions going on right now, but it is important to let people know because some people don't know the pricing and how we do it. Uh, the way uh, Plus works, you could join monthly and pay forty nine dollars uh, per month, but if you pay annually you actually save four months worth uh, if you pay upfront annually. So it drops it to $3.99. So um, if you want to uh, join and get a discount, there's always a discount if you join annually. You essentially get four months free if you pay upfront. And with uh, all of our stuff too, there's a full money back guarantee uh, within 30 days, I think it is. So you know, make sure everything works and, and uh, uh, you know, it's all compatible with everything you're running. Um, you know, so there's no risk to you guys if you want to give it a go and even just try out Signal. So get in there. Uh, we hope to see you in Plus, and uh, that's why I'll, also why we do these chats here to talk to you guys, talk to our Plus members, and answer really any questions you guys have. Um, you know, from the 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 history of of Nick's work and how how he does his work, all the way to any um, uh, Plus or Grayscale Gorilla questions. Obviously, here for the last few minutes. Um, I did. I'm, I am seeing some questions come through here. I'm going to get to those in just a second. I did also want to let everybody know uh, we talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but um, we will be at Half Res, uh, which will be a smaller version of Half Res this year. If you're in Chicago, can't wait to see you guys. Uh, and um, a little announcement. We'll be talking about this more uh, as the week goes on, but I wanted to give you guys a little sneak uh, preview that we just released brand new training in Grayscale Gorilla Plus. And it's modeling training from the Making It Look Great series, which is uh, everyone I've polled and everyone I've talked to that uh, that when you ask them how the best way to learn uh, modeling is, they all point to this training. So we're really excited to include that for all Plus members. You can go watch uh, and start learning proper um, modeling. Chad, I know you've uh, checked out that training too. Do you have anything to add about that that modeling training? 
I actually haven't watched it. <laughs> but oh, but well, I've, we I've, heard, get you in. I've heard the same thing. I've heard it's amazing, uh, but I haven't had it. Haven't had time to check it out yet. But I'm stoked that it's in there, so now I can actually go watch it. Yeah, well, uh, Joel, I missed your question. That would, that would have been a perfect. Uh, I know. Uh, I thought you there. saw the question. I was like, oh man, you must have saw that. <laughs> it, it is a sneak peek. Yeah. So um, uh, there we go. We got we got praising uh, this uh, this uh, making it look great. Eleven. It's all about hard surface modeling, and um, it is really really robust and it's really in depth. And they really uh, start from scratch. So if you've ever been intimidated by modeling but you've always wanted to, to do it and understand how it works in Cinema 4D, this is the best training out there, and now it's included uh, in every Plus uh, membership. So if you have Plus, go check it out. Go bookmark it and um, learn how to model, will you? Come on. Um, all right. Uh, Scott, uh, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, we got a question. Uh, I'm going to assume any questions are for Nick, for, for not me. So I'm just going to put this one at you, Nick. Got a question here. It says, Nick, where does your inspiration come from? Your character work has a very special and recognizable look. But how did you get that look developed? Uh, I don't know. Just kind of happened naturally, I guess. I don't know. I, I think back in the day, like when I was a teenager, I started making uh, 2D uh, collages by buying multiples of the same magazine. So I would have two of the same ad and I could cut someone's face up and make their cheeks bigger by layering it and doing collage work so i always made these like warped faces since i was a kid and just uh you know did all these cut and paste weird distortion collages back in the day so i think that just kind of kept going for the last 20 something years <laughs> into my current work of taking like you know i remember buying my first like super high-res 3d scans and being like wow these are amazing but they're too normal i've got to like you know make their foreheads bigger and add a third eye or whatever. I don't know. I just kind of like want to make caricatures of people sort of. And it's just uh, kind of cool to take these realistic scans of people and turn them into freaks. <laughs> so is that still your process taking, you know, human scans and, you know, Lately, adjusting them and blowing them up and doing all that stuff. A mix of like scans. And I've been using character creator three quite a bit. The, uh, that's why I made Eric Andre with. So there's a, piece of software that comes with that suite that's called the uh, headshot in within character creator three where it kind of just takes a front view of a person and makes a pretty decent you know model of them and then you can you know tweak it and kind of like bang it into shape and then you've got all these pose morphs built in in iclone mm. and, and character creator for all the facial expressions and, but you can take all of those pose morph sliders and crank them to like 300 like go beyond 100 percent and make them like wig out and make some crazy faces so it's kind of cool to play with that and or go negative with them and make their chin roll into their mouth or i don't know it's just kind of fun to go beyond the 100 percent parameter in that one so yeah but it sounds been, like it, that's oh i'm sorry nick it sounds like that's a part of your process in general and why you know like you mentioned it earlier the idea that cinema 4d and signal and dynamics and you know all of this and 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 playing with these characters it seems a lot of it is uh, is like trial and error and just experimenting until it looks awesome or great or funny or whatever. It, it seems like there's this really uh, improvisational nature to 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 it. Do you ever come across anything where you're like, it has to, you know, you have the vision and you're trying to mold it in 
in your vision or is it or is it always this uh like let's see what this does kind of kind of mentality too yeah sometimes like uh i mean that's why i lean on guys like you who make tutorials so i can figure out how to do specific things when i have an idea that i need to figure out so i mean it's all i think both of those uh approaches are part of the learning process you know sometimes you learn through experimenting and what does this slider do what happens when i crank it past a hundred, you know, and then other times it's like, I need to do this specific thing for a client and I need to learn how, and I'm so glad that Chad and Nick put this on the internet. So it's kind of like different ways of learning in different circumstances with different deadlines and timelines and uh, needs. That's awesome. All right. We got a few more questions here. Uh, Rachel threw a link in to the new training. Um, thank you, Rachel, as always on fire with the links today. Um, we got Scott, uh, singing the praises again of uh, the new uh, modeling training as well. Um, and let's see if we could tackle this one and we'll grab a few more questions before we take off here. Maybe a bit off topic. Adam says, maybe a bit off topic, but how would you try to sort of tween between a spherical lens, making it look like an anamorphic with signal, specifically the horizontal anamorphic stretching? Have you guys messed with this? Um, this kind of like uh, different type of, of lensing or maybe you know uh i i've 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 also experimented with like putting a lens in a sphere and actually trying to create a lens you know or putting a uh like a contact lens type of thing in front of it and bending it and adding a a clear material to it you get a lot of you know cool bending it takes a while to render but that also might work any other you uh some, you could do some pretty cool effects with uh signal and you know you know, if you're like uh, closing up on a person's face and you're pounding the uh, focal length with the signal tag, you mm -hmm. can get some crazy effects with that. And like, I don't know, I haven't tried much of that, but that's a cool idea just to like, you know. Yeah, see if you, you can drive like lens distortion or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, it's, it's an important reminder that signal can be used on any animatable parameter. So uh, in one of my demos, I think that's on YouTube, I used it on the... Uh, uh, on the lens and actually did a little bit of zooming in and out and added a noise to do that. Um, so, you know, if there is some sort of anamorphic or any sort of stretching or distortion built in that you just want to animate between, obviously that's an easy one. You just drag it on drop zone and it'll make <laughs> a, uh, it'll make a, uh, signal tag for you and you can just start animating it or using noise or however you want to do it. Um, uh, Joel's asking if you do uh, any NFTs. I think you were talking about that in your uh, yeah, space there, those, Nick. Uh, I've been doing that quite a bit. I was all like pumped because I had some success in NFTs earlier in the year. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have to do client work anymore. And now I'm doing like client NFTs. So <laughs> it's, like, it's come full circle. And I'm just like, why, why didn't I just keep doing my own NFTs? No, I'm just kidding. I've been doing some cool stuff with cool clients. But yeah, NFT related. So yeah, both fronts. What? What's the best yeah. way to check that stuff out, Nick? Yeah, I'm on Super Rare. So you can oh, awesome. search for me on Super Rare or uh, go into my 3D website and click on the link on the Star Trek console. Oh, that's right. You got all the links. <laughs> all right, we got a real important one here. Uh, it always gets real serious as we go on. Uh, we have one that says, uh, do you believe in life after love? Nick, you go first. I don't know. I believe in share. I, that's all that matters. Right? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair mm -hmm. enough. I believe in auto-tune. <laughs> um, all right, let's see here. Uh, is uh, is character creator similar to Daz 3D? I think it is similar to Daz, but there's like you know, 
less aliens with boobs, you know, <laughs> right. Daz, Daz has that market cornered. Uh, but yeah, I think it is. I've used Daz a little a bit more friendly. I got sort of frustrated with the insane file structure and, you know, things with Daz and character creators just kind of like, I mostly use it cause the iClone pipeline too. Like now using my motion capture suit, it like doesn't really calibrate the hand. It's really hard to calibrate the hands cause you're just doing like an A pose to calibrate. And then like when you move your hand somewhere, sometimes it's like not on your head, it's like over here. So an iClone can really easily, it's kind of like the Mixamo control rig where you've got controllers on top of your keyframes where you can just move the hand and put it where it needs to be. So doing that pipeline from the motion capture suit into iClone, fixing everything and then making the characters in character creator. It's just all one big pipeline and then bouncing it all into cinema 4d to do the pose morphs and render. It's just a great flow. So that's why I use iClone character creator. Awesome. Uh, I think with all the uh, star Trek stuff happening, we got a really serious star Trek question. Uh, any, any comments, opinions here we've got TNG no or DS nine. TNG for sure. DS9 was like, I watched it, but I'm like, TNG forever. Isn't that, isn't that <laughs> what, what is that? I don't even know what that is. Is that a file format? <laughs> <laughs> I don't pronounced, speak nerd. Sorry. Pronounced tune. He's a Star Wars guy. <laughs> uh, all right, here we got. Uh, all right. Um, perfect. Rachel, thank you for the link. There's uh, Nick's uh, Super Rare link. Check that one out. Uh, oh, Rachel's uh, TNG as well. Good, good. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, oh, we got a, a Jeremy Cox tutorial they're mentioning with a uh, camera and lenses. So you might want to look that one up. Uh, I don't know if we'll be able to find that link exactly. If maybe somebody remembers where it was. I know Jeremy uh, Jeremy's, uh, does some great demos. He's done a ton of them for um, Maxon at NAB and Seagraph and stuff too. So maybe you want to search that. Uh, any Jeremy Cox uh, video is great. Go check him out, and his he's a great artist too. Um, all right, we've we've officially hit. Uh, everybody's talking about Star Trek now, so I think we've hit the end of <laughs> <laughs> the questions. Um, and as we get into our like hour and a half here, Nick, thank you so much, man, for uh, joining us and and sharing your process. And uh, of, of course, the the signal demo and everything is so great to see. Um, any anything else you're working on coming up here that uh, that you're allowed to talk about, uh, or any anywhere else people can uh, see and learn more about Nick, other than your new uh, virtual gallery? <laughs> That's pretty much it. Just my website, and uh, no, I'm not working on anything I can really talk about right now. Unfortunately, it's all going to be a big surprise. But there's a really big one that's going to drop soon that I'm going to have a party in my website space that you're all invited to once it gets released. So uh, I'll be sure to. Put that on my social channel so you can check it out and i think we should have some kind of a drop zone t-shirt design contest because i want one of those shirts like it's got <laughs> oh that's it sounds like you designed it yeah maybe i'll just design it and split the profits with you i want like 10%. <laughs> wait split what are you talking about dude <laughs> there's probably not even 10 percent profit margin on t-shirts anyway so whatever you know i mean we'll chad your your drop zone logo is pretty pretty sweet i could see yeah, that it's pretty, it's there, pretty good already you know? You got the target lightning got bolts target. around it. Yeah. There should be yeah. a file dropping into like an earthquake or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. And this is, a, this is a, a tip too that I've, we've talked about on the Slack channel, actually a reminder to go join the Slack channel. Um, uh, it's in your account. Just go 
click on, um, go to your dashboard. You'll find a link to the Slack channel. We're always uh, helping each other out and answering questions about, you know, where stuff is and, you know, um, little technique ideas, a little bit of gear. Uh-oh, it's getting late. Chad's ready. Um, uh, that's also, uh, where was I? I had a second one. Oh, a good reminder that Drop Zone works with more than just Signal. It actually works with uh, uh, Gorilla Cam and also HDRI Link. So uh, no matter what you drop in there, it's kind of smart and it knows what you're trying to do and it puts the right tag on there. So don't forget about that. I had a few questions about that. Um, Chad, anything else we're missing for, uh, for today? No, I think you got it all. Thanks, Nick. We appreciate you coming on and showing us all this cool stuff, learning about your process. I think that's just been a great time. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's uh, that was a lot of fun, and I'll continue to beta test until I finally see uh, something that breaks signal, which hasn't happened yet. <laughs> oh, that's good to hear. <laughs> thank you, Nick. We appreciate you, man. Uh, yeah, and well, thank you everybody for joining us for another Grayscale Gorilla live show. And uh, we will see you in another live show really soon. Happy animating. Bye, everybody. Wave, Jake. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for the podcast. Do us a favor and leave us a comment on iTunes or YouTube to let us know what you think about the show. Or if you have an idea for a subject we can dive into on future live shows. We read all the comments, and we really do appreciate your input. Until next time, happy rendering.